Wednesday, May the 11th, I'm back in town. Yes, we are back after a little bit of a hiatus. I have been traveling way too much, but that's not a big deal. I'm going to be back in Tampa on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday next week. I got a whole bunch of business and engagements and cool people. I had a ball the other night at uh, Empire, and uh, I got to say, Jay and... Uh, just everybody put on a really cool event. I um, I had a, a really good time, and um, yeah, there's some. They they had a thing called their, the uh, Build Expo, not Builder, but Build Expo at the uh, convention center. It was interesting. Yeah, you explained uh, kind of how the event went down. It sounded like it was a good time. Yeah, a lot of these events, you kind of get the same people, and just you know, it's just eh. but uh, yeah, get get a new crowd. Yeah, so anybody's looking for business furniture, let me know. We got a great contact in Tampa. Um, just it it just it. They're fantastic, and they've got connections to everybody in the world, so kind of is what it is. What are we going to talk about today? Oh, listen, by the way, Danielle's going to stop on a little bit later. She has had some amazingly ding-dong people. We're not going to be mean, but we're going to talk about it. She says she'll stop in uh, in a studio a little bit later on, so I'll uh, I'll ring when we're ready for that, okay? Sounds good. What do you want to talk about today? I don't know. Um, what, what do you have on the agenda that you think is most important? I think we should talk a little bit about the market. I think we should talk a little bit about about China. I think we should talk about ships. I think we should talk about Russia. I think we should talk a little bit about inflation. And you know what, since we're going to do that, maybe I ought to get the disclaimer out of the way and be done with that because uh, it is something that's kind of a pain in the rear and let's get that real done. Quick and done. This is the Paul Truesdell Podcast. Due to the extensive holdings of our sponsor, Fixed Cost Financial, and your hosts, you should expect that a conflict of interest exists with all companies discussed. And now, two Pauls in a pod, the Paul Truesdell Podcast. Okay, let's make a little thunder, make a little whoosh. Let's start off with uh, something you showed me. I think it's amazing. All of the uh, cargo ships that are sitting off of uh, China have all been uh, relieved. Everybody's got all their stuff. It's just everything's flowing smoothly. Yeah, if you followed, if you follow the media and their coverage of the, I don't even know what you call it, the the giant backlog, uh, the backlog of 2022 in Shanghai in specific, where most people focused on it last month. Uh, but if you follow the media, you would think that it's uh, it's all disappeared. Nobody, it's not a problem anymore. Even though you look. On the ship trackers and it most definitely is still a major problem uh so yeah there's a ton of ships um china's still doing uh, coronavirus lockdowns and things like this in major cities that are major port cities um there's speculation to be had about the intent behind this and are they actually that afraid of covid or is this uh, some type of economic game they're playing um i think it's both to be honest but yeah so that's a that's another that's a huge issue i mean it's it's continuing the problem that we've had where we have supply side inflation, meaning we don't have a, an overheating of the economy. You know, there's not too much money floating out there. I mean, you know, some people will make the argument, but that's not the primary cause. The primary cause is you know, you, you've got vehicles going on the secondary market for, you know, as much as two times the cost because there's just no supply. Um, and that's just one market. You know, you're looking at lots and lots and lots of other stuff and it's, it's atrocious. The, you know, 
any try to build anything beyond basic materials that you know we still manufacture a lot of anything that needs electronics imports whatever i remember seeing i don't know like uh maybe a year ago builders were talking about well we we have all these houses but we can't actually you know fulfill their they can't fulfill their contracts because they include appliances and their appliance backlog is like six months they can't get a, a co for occupancy because some places require all the appliances to be in you can't actually like let somebody go live in it because it doesn't have any appliances you know what i mean so you can't actually finish it so you have all these pending pieces of construction because you know you're waiting around um i heard some similar things about you know uh, less sophisticated things so fixtures and things like that those those supply chains obviously are probably uh, better easier to fix since they're much more simple to make but still i mean it's just everywhere you go there's shortages of everything and if there's not a shortage you're not going to get exactly what you want and yeah i mean so you see in a lot of markets especially when it comes to housing some uh some housing markets are kind of uh let's say cooling off and other places it's ob- there's like pent-up demand and but the there's not a bubble forming per se there's just people aren't borrowing anymore because there's no house to put a, anything down on it's in their price range so i mean a good example is tampa tons and tons and tons of people want to buy houses or want to buy condos but you know the average person can't get a loan outside of regular loan territory and right now that's top end is about seven hundred fifty thousand dollars for most working class people with decent incomes yeah i have a realtor down there and and i saw her post that she has a one one a one one little tiny place uh it's in harbor island it's a nice location one one five fifty i think it was yeah i mean so you could have a working class you know couple they could afford that but it's a one one it's a one one you know? so it's you know it's not exactly the ideal piece of property for uh most people and that that's the thing you see a lot of places so i mean you know who knows how many untold thousands of people have have good credit potentially have a down payment you know have good jobs whatever but they're stuck renting or they're living at home with their parents because you know they may have sold a house and now they're they're stuck and you know there's just no place to go you know, they're just at maximum capacity for building and uh new high-rises apartments things like that just are, or condos are just only going up so fast and and that and that's a obviously not indicative of it's not representative of the rest of the country no but, tampa tampa's not uh, I, and and one of the things i noticed i i didn't, don't think i mentioned to you did you see did i send you yesterday the um or before i came back the uh, high-end condo community going in down there uh, it, you told me about it but yeah know. we they've got some condos and uh, granted I'm, these are not small places but 2.6 million yeah. for a condo in downtown tampa i mean yeah, I, I mean i believe it. Yeah. i think the highest was 2.9 what was it you uh you had suggested we get a um uh, a cadillac the big suv cadillac wasn't it uh what was escalate right yeah 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 and what was it like 130 150 something like that no, uh, no, no, no. what was uh, it i don't remember the price I, I think uh the trim package and everything was like 110 and then the add on a couple add-ons made it like 115 but if i want to get something that's six months or a year old it's like 150 i think that's what probably yeah I mean, th- this is just used you know, yeah this is just a website builder you know no guarantees on availability or anything so if i if i go to cadillac and i go online and i order and i sit and wait and fiddle around i, I can get the price uh or are they allow are they allowing uh dealers some, yeah mm-hmm. some some dealerships are allowing people to do that others are not allowing i mean uh, manufacturers I, I don't know you know who's doing what but i know like i saw some ridiculous upcharges for things like jeeps from dealers where other places like that that doesn't fly they're threatening to take away i think it was like maybe toyota or hyundai or somebody like that they were threatening to take away uh dealerships from people that were doing well, uh, markups so you know it, it depends it depends on the manufacturer mainly i mean i get the idea you want to make bank but it, i gotta tell you we live in the state of florida in the way uh governor DeSantis is he might actually just sick the attorney general 
on uh, maybe Moody will go in there and say, you know what, you're gouging. I don't know where the where the level of gouging is. What was that? You said there was a vehicle. It was a used vehicle. Um, and I was just shocked at the price because it was like, uh, what, 70, 80, 100,000 miles on and it was... Oh no 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 no! That was uh, it was a Rolls uh, Coolanon. Okay. And it was it was secondhand uh, at a local dealership. And I think they want four thirty nine for it. So it's you know a little premium over over MSRP depending on like options and whatever. But you know it is a you know I think it's regularly like a three hundred ninety three fifty or three ninety thousand. I think. What is the equivalent of a Bentley that we were looking at that a couple of years ago? What would be the equivalent? I don't remember what the well, the vehicle only had like six thousand miles on it. So. But I got a six thousand mile vehicle that technically is pre-owned. Yeah, it's uh, three years old, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> it not only held value, it's gone up a little bit. Yeah, it's an investment, right? If you're nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm looking at this. I'm looking going back to China. I'm looking at this this uh, thing. Uh, Doctor Scott Gottlieb uh, posted on Twitter. It's uh, Shanghai. It's near the lockdown, and it's just uh, the commercial ships are just waiting to off uh, offload. And if this looks like a, uh, I don't know, like. Um, pollution in the ocean this is like uh, the whole place is filled with plastic I, I think if you line these ships end to end you might be able to walk to the united states that's what we should do get these ships line them up end to end maybe you could actually just walk the stuff there's enough chinese they could just walk it back and forth well, that's right i don't think so oh, that's right but the chinese are getting old so maybe they don't want to work anymore they don't have a problem with that do they uh they have a huge problem with that i mean you know one child policy plus just general demographic stagnation with uh you know just rising middle class and stuff like that. They're, they've got a huge, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but they have a huge baby boom, a baby boomer boom, a baby boomer bubble, let's call it, incoming. And it's going to be worse in the United States because at least, you know, yeah, I mean, we have a huge number of baby boomers, but we also have a large young population. Um, our average age is much lower than that of uh, China or even Russia, for that matter. Russia has the same thing going on. So, you know, going forward, uh, China's, although to be fair, I mean, that doesn't have a huge impact on the economics right now. I mean, the biggest problem right now is the fact that they're just not letting people work. Yeah, and I just, it's amazing. So I've been out running around nonstop and, um, you know, maybe tomorrow I get sick. I don't know. Uh, I don't, I just, uh, I'm not going to go there, but you know, and everybody knows it listens to us. We wash our hands. We are very careful and we do our vitamins and we get our sun and we're, we're don't know what more we can do. Right. We, we do it right. Uh, the old germ versus terrain theory. And I'm following the terrain theory and keeping my terrain as, as properly clean as I can. But I got to tell you, it's just funny to see people in Tampa. Not many, not many, probably one out of a hundred, if that, maybe one out of a hundred, and they're wearing a mask. But all of the masks that I see are these masks that are paper and they got big holes in them and they're just, it's just. Yeah, they're not effective. It's performance art is what it is. It's just. Yeah, I mean, if you want to wear a mask and you think that's a significant concern, I mean, go for it. But if you're going to do it, don't just do it because it's 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 a performance art. Don't do it because it uh, makes you feel good. Actually wear a proper, you know, filtration mask and have it secured to your face appropriately i haven't seen one of those in months and months because the months. Reality, because yeah i mean you look at a an n95 or equivalent mask and there's they come in all shapes and sizes now you don't have to look like a big idiot wearing them anymore but you know they have a they're one way so they filter in and you blow your your uh your germs out well you know that's that that's normal that's the equivalent of not wearing a mask when you're to other people and who cares but to you you're going to keep yourself safe like i mean that's that's what i've always thought since day one is that if you're that concerned then you definitely should wear that because 
that's what's going to work the best. That's what they wear in the hospital, right? But instead, what you're what you're saying is exactly what I've seen. Um, in fact, uh, last week I was I was at the courthouse all day for a lovely lovely round of jury duty. Yes, once again, Mister Truesdale, the younger of the two of us, winds up getting. I'm exempt. You're not. That's too bad. But uh, you get to go, and you were what juror number one. Yes, I was a lucky juror number one. I did uh. not get. I did well. Perspective juror number one because I did not get picked. But um, yeah, so you know, but I saw uh, nobody that works at the courthouse and no attorneys and no legal aides or staff or anybody who was wearing a mask. But there were a few people, and of course, every single one of them was wearing it below their nose. And I'm like, this is a totally voluntary, like, just signal. Like that doesn't help anybody. It doesn't even help you. Like just, it's a waste. So you know, that's 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 my gripe with it. Like I don't really care at this point if you want to be a weirdo and wear your mask and whatever. But at least if you're going to be that odd man out, do it properly. Cause like, I totally get it. Like if you, if you're afraid of it or you have a compromised immune system or there's some, something there that you're worried about, sure, definitely do it. it you know, it's not that, uh, it's not that the regular flu or cold or COVID isn't deadly to some people. But, oh no, it, listen, a, a, a cold is deadly to people who have compromised systems. We all know that. Absolutely. Uh, it's no different than look, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, one and all, once you get to the age of about 75 to 80, and now that's just a big, broad number. It really has to do with your physical fitness. But as you get older, guess what you do not want to have happen to you? You do not want to fall. You do not want to get in a car accident. The number of people that die in car accidents over a certain age is huge. Now I'm getting up there, but I'm not one of those yet. But my bones are probably getting more brittle than they were when I was 40 years younger, right? I, you know, you're going to survive a car accident a hell of a lot better than I am under the same identical circumstances. I've had, uh, you know, when uh, Tampa was called uh, a bedrock and uh, Barney uh, and I and uh, and uh, Fred were cops down there. We, uh, when we, you know, we had the little car, we ran our feet, you know, and sure. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. You remember those. You, I told you about those days, right? So anyways, um, yeah, I had plenty of accidents that occasionally I wouldn't, I'd work when I was a uniform officer. Didn't do that very long, but um, meaning didn't, wasn't in uniform very long, but I had accidents on the Courtney Campbell Causeway and like, you know, somebody should have walked away, but dead on the doornail because they broke their neck and, you know, they go to the hospital. There's massive internal injuries. Like why? All they did was just bump into the steering wheel before airbags. Well, I killed them. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, well, in general, I mean, just the regular flu or regular cold, like the downstream effects of that can significantly affect, uh, you know, somebody, the older they get, it's just, it's just, just the nature of the game, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah. So anyways, that, that's just my, my personal gripe is just wear it if you want to don't really care. You know, it's, it's a free country. You can, and everybody's kind of, uh, looking the other way on the mask laws and everything, because we've talked about this before in a lot of States, it used to be illegal to wear a mask in a lot of places. Now, of course you can wear it anywhere you want pretty much. Uh, it's a license uh, to commit robbery. I always thought, it, I always thought it was very funny when you saw, uh, the, the ma- the signs like, Oh, you have to wear a mask to the bank or something like that. And it's like, Oh, and this is the one place where in most States it was extremely illegal to wear a mask to. <laughs> but yeah. So yeah, if you're going to wear one, uh, I definitely wear something that's effective. Otherwise it's just a waste of your time and you look like a bozo, not just, uh, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm not even saying you look like a bozo to, uh, the average person. I'm saying you look like a bozo to me because I know you're wearing it as a performance art and that's just I met, funny. I met one lady at an event called uh, third Tuesday and, uh, they get together at the armature works, uh, the third Tuesday of each month and, uh, the open bar there, <clears throat> excuse me, everybody's kind of 
gathers together and shoots a breeze is a really cool networking event. If you're going to organize something, this was the way to do it, right? Just kind of, kind of just, just uh, chill out. Got some really great people there. And um, one of the things I did had a lady that came up and she had a mask on and I, uh, I, I, I didn't say anything, but uh, she said everybody, she, and you know, Hey, I'm, you know, Susie Q, blah, blah, blah. And I'm wearing a mask because I'm going through chemo treatment, chemotherapy. It's like, well, that, well, there you go. That's, I remember I said to her, by the way, I haven't heard back from her. We were supposed to get together. She canceled. She had a doctor's appointment. So I hope, I hope she's doing, hope Susie Q is doing well, but obviously not her name. But I said, that's exactly, you're exactly the kind of people that should be wearing masks, not just because of COVID yeah. anytime. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just, it's just use your common sense. Well, here, well, see, here's the thing. When I went to and got my big old physical uh, recently at uh, Mayo, you know, in the past I'd go there and when you got your blood drawn and, you know, you're doing all that kind of stuff, all my, you know, all my exams, the place was packed. It was always packed. And, you know, but as soon as you got there, boy, they moved you in and out, moving in, in and out. This time, no, no. You know, every other chair is blocked off, you know, super spread out. And it was like, I, it was maybe one fifth of the number of people that, oh, it wasn't even that. It was maybe be a tenth of the people there. And I started thinking about that the other day going, if Mayo Clinic, which they're crazy on masks to this day even, they're just crazed on it. And uh, people will talk, you know, when there's nobody around as to what they really think about it. But you know, the the flow of patients has been dramatically dropped down. Look how long it took for me to get my next physical. Yeah. It, it was crazy. Yeah. Now, what if I had a real medical condition? I still I still say a lot of the people that died, died because of lack of proper medical care. Well, obviously. I mean, yeah, the number of the patient load for non-COVID related things slowed down dramatically. So yeah, I mean, a lack of a lack of medical care in general um, definitely contributed to certain things, that's for sure. And I know I know an awful lot of doctors have said in every everywhere, so I'm not pointing fingers anywhere, have said, we're done, we're out of here. So there's all, and I noticed that. I noticed, you know, I pay attention to things. You know, who's wearing the longer coat, right? The more seen, a lot fewer guys my age, uh, a lot more younger folks doing that, uh, that stuff. And I, I bring that up because things, about China. If these people are doing the same thing and, you know, not only are they locked down, but are they spreading out? I mean, look, if my partner is 10 steps away and my partner in putting together, you know, uh, zippy strips, whatever zippy strips are, and my partner used to be, you know, a hand length away, hey, hey, you know, the time it takes to walk those 10 steps, that's that all kills productivity. Yeah. I, I don't know exactly, you know, what they're doing inside the factories and all of that. My guess is it's uh, not that extreme. But yeah, it's it's all it's all part of peace. Well, the uh, Dow Jones Industrial Average as of uh, May the 11th, Wednesday, is down about uh, let's see what we got here, uh, 12%, 12.4%, and uh, the S and P 500's down. Everybody, everything's down. Um, I'm 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 actually kind of laughing, and I don't mean this to be ne- uh, negative. Um, we had you know we had people that uh, I've talked to extensively down in Tampa who are like, oh, I wouldn't do business with you because I'm into NFTs and oh, I'm doing crypto currency. <laughs> Big eye rolls here. Yep. Yeah, it's it's crypto is funny because it's imploding right now. Um lots of uh weird uh well, I mean, a good example is, I can't remember the name of it, but one of the major tether cryptos, meaning it's a cryptocurrency that is tethered to the U.S. dollar, but it's a cryptocurrency, but it's basically equivalent to U.S. dollar. And it's totally not a security, but yeah, anyways. It's, it's not coin, but it was one of those, yeah. 
Yeah, and you know, basically, they need a cash infusion because they've mismanaged, and you know, they had their assets invested in other cryptocurrencies and things, as far as I can tell. Um, there's not a lot of details, I don't think. Anyways, point is, it's just you know, it's, it's crypto turned out to not be the safe haven asset that everybody thought it was. It turns out it's uh, you know, it's being used for a lot of uh, weird, uh, some, well, in my opinion, a lot of nef- a lot of nefarious stuff. Um, money just, laundering. Let's just call it that. There's a lot of money laundering going on in the world and it was done through cryptocurrency. Now, I I understand there's some major broker dealers and firms out there that have gotten into the business. I'm sure a lot of these people, they're like crypto mutual, you know, cryptocurrency, mutual funds and ETFs. You know the lawsuits for from investors is going to be through the roof. Oh yeah, for sure. We, if for anyone who's interested, I've always said no, we don't do that kind of stuff. We're boring. We I just have no problem. I have no problem people saying, geez, you guys are just like, you're like little turtles. We just plug along. And I, I'm well, very happy with the way we're, we're performing. But I, I just can't tell you how many people, when I ask the question, I try to go 10 deep. They don't know what... No, nobody knows anything about it except for experts. And even then, a lot of the experts are... They may know a lot about crypto, but they don't know about the real world. And it's just a comical situation. Uh, you know, they think they're inventing like something new and magical. And, you know, you're like, oh, so this is something that is an... There's, there's a regular analog that's way cheaper and everybody has used for for 40 or 60 years and they're just baffled by it like wow that already exists like yeah and it also doesn't require you know extremely high transaction cost you know weird niche uh highly volatile uh, cryptocurrency to do so it's just can i give my example i did uh, this afternoon we were talking about um you know like the amish or whatever in my accountant system sure yeah so we were talking this afternoon about this and i was telling paulie that i said you know for me cryptocurrency and all of this is just a ledger system right it's just it's just right i mean it's just an electronic ledger book for all practical purposes. Yes, it's a decentralized ledger system. That's really all it is. So I don't know, and I'm not going to get it. I I forgot to look it up. Let's just say the Amish or the Mennonites or the somebody. Let's just use uh, the the, uh, religion that uh, worships Pluto. Okay, so the Pluto people. I don't know why I like Pluto so much. So the Plutos are kind of cool. The Plutos. I like that. The Plutos are uh, a group that lives uh, in, you know, they're in Pennsylvania, right? The Plutos from Pennsylvania. They're just a nice group of people. They take the, they take care of them, but they don't use any currency. They don't use U.S. currency because what they do is they all have cell phones. They've got, they've got to that point. They have their horses and buggies and they build things. And they, I mean, they're cool people, but they have cell phones. And every time they go to buy something, they just have a little app and the app goes to the town accountant. And the town accountant has a, you know, double entry bookkeeping system. So when, when you know, Pluto Bob buys something from Pluto Fred, they buy both, you know, one calls in and well, I made a sale and their guy confirms it and it goes into the ledger book. Now in the future, when they trade something else, it's just they're always subtracting and adding to the ledger book. Real simple. It's called bartering. It's an organized form of bartering. Now we talked about this. Nobody does that, do they? Oh no, never. No. No, it's a brand new idea. Nobody's ever done it before. Yeah. You you folks have no idea how much transactions go out off book everywhere. Well, of course. I mean, what, what do you think a casino is? I mean, a casino it creates their own currency. They're called chips. That's all it is. And in the securities industry, after market trading? Yeah, there's, uh, well, but not even just after market trading. I mean, you know, the different index funds and different things will ex- will will rebalance their funds by trading between each other. Mm-hmm. And there's all kinds of stuff that, you know, mutual funds will do the same thing. Eh, I'm going to get rid of, uh, you know, IBM. Somebody else wants it. Oh, well, you've got X stock. I'll, I'll buy that off of you and we'll just do an equivalent trade. All you kinds know. of swaps. Yeah. And 
in the Muslim communities, one of the things that we learned from the CIA and from Secret Service and everybody that was involved in all, a lot of couriers walking around transacting business, there's nothing. Yeah, in some places it's highly analog, which, you know, makes it, I mean, in, in general, like the developing world for years, it's been very difficult to figure out what it, any what anything is worth. Like, what is the economy of, you know, insert name of some, you know, uh, pre-industrialized uh, or industrializing country that still uses a lot of traditional methods. It's very hard to figure it out um, because, you know, there's no, like I, I mentioned to you earlier, I mean, you know, it's, a, it's it goes back to taxation, you know, uh, they institute business licenses because they want to do sales tax. Well, that just gives you a ledger of everybody that's allowed to do business and who you go harass to go collect sales tax from. That's right. Whether or not they're complying from the law, complying with the law. Um, people don't understand that. They just think, oh, well, it's, you know, business license, it's just another pain by the system. It's like, well, no, they need a list of people to go harass for, for and make sure they're complying. And if you're doing business without a business license, then you're obviously not collecting sales tax and then you're violating the law. Like it's just, you know, uh, and then obviously some states, you don't have to collect it or some industries you don't and there's special rules and stuff. Um, you know, because if you go back in the day, you know, how, how would you know what anybody's getting paid? There's all these weird, you know, everybody's bartering. There's all these things. It's very difficult to figure it out. So you go to a country uh, that doesn't really have an income tax per se. It doesn't really have uh, business licenses uh, except for like major industries and things like that. You have no idea what any, what, what, what kind of real industry is going on among normal people. Nobody knows. You know, you have no idea. You got guy trading chickens for, you know, uh, beef and, and all kinds of other things. You got other businesses doing trade like, oh, I use a lot of fuel for my deliveries and, you know. But, you know, you said something I was going to say. You The only way bartering works is if everybody who is trading has a legitimate thing of value. Like, yeah. for example, oh, I'm going to barter with the guy who's a coach. I'm going to barter with the guy who... Yeah, that's not going to go. Yeah. That's not going to fly. And, and I saw that recently and it was, it was funny. Uh, I saw an, uh, maybe it was an email or article or something and a guy was talking about how uh, somebody was looking to hire somebody who was uh, doing software engineering someplace, I think in South America, mm-hmm. and they weren't going to pay them in money. They were going to barter. And the project size, the value is about $5,000 and they would pay them in food products because whoever they were going to do this for was somebody who owned like a big farm or something. Okay, well, they got, they got food. And of course, naturally, the post was about how basically if you do if you do business this way, you know, basically these people need to, you know, go fall off a cliff because it's terrible or whatever. It's like, well, if, if uh, that's your skill set in that country, it may be to your best interest to stock up on food for the year to do one project. So are you going to pay taxes on that? Is that a reportable income item? Does that keep you in a lower tax bracket? You know, people, unfortunately, in, you know, in, they value the almighty dollar at the end of the day over everything else instead of saying, you know, okay, so somebody's trying to use what they have instead of spending a bunch of money that in, you know, some places in South America right now, holding on to, even getting a hold of US dollars is, is a pain. Um, or it's the currency of, of a universal but unofficial uh, like reserve like Venezuela. I mean, Venezuela's e- economy is, is totally shit and it's 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 dying. I mean, tons of countries in South America are. Who, by the way, who, what was a South American country that went to uh, cryptocurrency? I think it was El Salvador. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, yeah, it's not good. No. <laughs> <laughs> they're up they're up a crook and it ain't a, it ain't a poo crick it is bad crick 
Yeah, and it's and <laughs> no it's paddle, even, no canoe, no nothing. They're screwed. <laughs> and it doesn't really even have to do with, with using Bitcoin as a as a currency either. I, it, I mean, their use of it is not the problem. The, I guess let me let me rephrase this because they're using crypto, Bitcoin in particular, and the the loss in value of, of Bitcoin is not the issue. The issue is that they're using it at all, and the World Bank will, is refusing to uh, refinance and lend refinance an eight hundred million dollar loan that they have coming due sometime this year and they need also need more money that's the issue the world bank is like no you, you need to use i mean because the world bank what is, i mean you know they they if you want a loan from them they're going to blackmail you into using you know international standardized banking practices because that's you know kind of their whole gig and of course the world bank is also kind of predatory because it's like uh they basically give you a line of credit and the line of credit you're paying interest on whether you draw it or not so it's uh you know a little sketchy but you know i guess it's uh what you got to do when you are el salvador and you don't ever learn from your mistakes well i feel your pain out there i've been uh, driving a little bit lately and uh, gasoline on a year to year uh, year over basis so a rolling 12 month period gasoline's up just under 44 percent okay you hear that uncle joe 44 percent energy prices overall are up over 30 percent used cars and trucks used car remember when obama had everybody uh, you know crush them and trash for clunkers yes geez cash can you imagine if we had an extra two three four million cars on the road right now it might help. Might yeah. help a little bit. Yeah, they're up to almost uh, 23%. Le- electricity's up 11%. Food, got to have food, you know, got to have food. 9.5%. Food away from home, 7.2%. So eating out has not gone up as much as you would think. The they, power of bulk buying. Yeah, and making smaller portions. Yes, that's a, which, I mean, everybody can benefit from. <laughs> By the way, I also noticed because I, I had to eat out a few times, you know, normally you'll get like an entree and sometimes I like two sides. You know, one way to cut that back is one side. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and sizes are definitely smaller. Apparel's up 5.4%. Shelter, 5.1%. And uh, services, excluding energy, is up 5%. So gasoline is something people buy on a pretty regular basis, along with uh, energy costs. And uh, Well, it's just, it's it's oil in general. Oil, oil is the primary input for the entire economy, you know, regardless of what it is that you do. So, yeah. I mean, if, if the cost of getting oil out of the ground or if the cost of oil in general is, uh, is up, then everything's going to be up, just as what it is. You uh, may have seen this. Uh, Russia, uh, Ukraine has a Russian soldier, and they feel they have more than enough evidence to prosecute him for a war crime, for war crimes. So that's going to start. It'd be interesting to see how Russia responds to that. Um, Oh, it didn't happen. It's not a war. You can't do, we can't do war crimes if it's only a special military operation. I can, I can, I can go on, but I'll stop. Crimea, 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 Crimea. Yeah, a group of tears. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, Putin. What do you think there? Um, he's not looking so good, is he? No, he he's not he's not looking good at all. A um, couple of funny things. So they had their big um, uh, victory day parade, right? And uh, this year it didn't look so great. Uh, What's the a- name of that village? I can never pronounce properly. To to Mika to the fake village. Oh, uh, Potemkin village. Thank you. They, they had a Potemkin uh, parade. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, they've always had this thing um, since uh, 1946 or 47. Well, describe what it is. It's, it's, it's their big victory. Like, we have VE Day. Nobody cares about it anymore. Um, just like you had VJ Day. Um, nobody cares about it anymore. It's just we have Pearl Harbor, and that's the extent of our World War II stuff. We're, we've all moved on. It's, it's uh, It happened. It was in the past. Russians, on the other hand, can't get over the past. Um, they, have be, they've, they, they basically have turned this into we're celebrating our yearly victims 
victimhood status of being, uh, oh, we were we were abused during World War II um, by the Germans, of course. Uh, you know, global economics and things. The Germans are responsible for all things in the world that are bad. Don't you know that? Yeah, I mean, and, and totally, every you know they totally didn't. Uh, Molotov and Ribbentrop totally didn't actually start the war together by invading and take, splitting Poland in half. Thus, actually, you know, in technicality, starting the war by uh, uh, kicking off the British treaty with Poland. But, you know, whatever. Just beside the point. You know, they, they were victims. They totally didn't help perpetrate it and then call victim when the big bad machine turned on them. Anyways, um, total topic for another time. It's uh, people 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 view history in the simplest of terms when they're actually just very complicated. But anyways, You know, in about another 10 years, I think we'll be able to give the real history of World War II. Well, it's just, it's no different than any other war. It's really complicated. Everybody has a stake in it. You know, the United States is sitting back making weapons for everybody that'll buy them. And then we come in and clean up the mess and make sure everybody pays their loans. I mean, it just, it is what it is. I mean, it's not, I mean, I, you know, you have to look at. It's the to, movie that has been written and redone and replayed over and over and over. Yeah. I mean, uh, to repeat something I, I told somebody recently, you know, people think that, you know, you're going to magically come up with some uh, economic or political system and somehow magical, we're going to, you know, uh, skip a whole bunch of details and then we're going to have a magical utopia where everybody just sits around and sings kumbaya and and uh every everybody's peaceful and the whole world's great and you know uh going back to before world war one you know you had all these alliances in europe i'm the name of the uh german leader escapes me at the time but he set up this gigantic political alliance system to prevent war because economics would prevent economic inter interconnectedness would prevent war and obviously world war one happens and you basically don't have a major war on the european continent for the better part of 60 years and now you have the greatest war in history at the time fast forward another few years same theory is at play the difference is, is it's a you know it's applied a little differently um same thing happens except it's even bigger um look at look at europe and russia today you know they thought that if you know they had they have lots of i would say unfavorable deals for european countries um with russia with you know energy basically having you know letting russia have monopolies on energy and all kinds of other uh, food and different things, you know, giving them, letting themselves, you know, take uh, extremely discounted uh, rates on things because, you know, in, and what I'm particularly talking about is Germany, you know, Germany has, you know, is heavily reliant on Russian oil and gas and coal, or at least they were, they're reducing their dependence now. But the reason and the rationale is very, it was very logical. It's something they've been trying to do for over 150 years. If we politically intertwine and economically intertwine with people that we historically have a gripe with, they're, we're unlikely to go to war with each other, right? The problem is, is that doesn't actually work out in reality. Never has in my, listen, I've been in business for a long time. I have owned businesses since 19, and, and this is legit, folks. I've owned a business. I've been working since 1968. I've, I've the paper boy, the, I've, you know what? If you go into business with people who are a little shady, little, uh, you know, they, the guy, the guy who will, uh, you know, steal a quarter from your, uh, your, uh, and I'm dead serious in this. When I was delivering papers, and if I had kids that were helping, because, you know, I, I wrestled and did all the different things in sports and everything else. But if I had somebody collect my money, which I learned really quickly, you don't do that. Somebody's shaving for you. You know what? You, you can't do business with that kid. That, you know, the kid that doesn't turn all his coin in, you don't do business with that kid. I, you know, I learned that as a, I learned that when I was 10. Why wouldn't you do that as an adult? So anyways, and why would you do it as a country? They're your enemy. Screw them. Well, so, you know, my, my point is, is that the people think that if you can just find this one, it's, it's the same thing in business. If we can just find this one little thing and then, you know, magically we have sustainable business.
business and you know we're going to be you know mega billionaires and the reality is is that's not going to happen you it requires a lot of work and most most people that have massive success overnight was 10 and 15 years in the making uh and it's also comes with a massive amount of luck um so anyways same thing applies it applies to this stuff but you're not going to find that magical key like you know long-term peace long-term good relationships among countries are built on not just economics but also you know reciprocal trade um you know not one-sided trade where you're trying to bribe the other side um you know it requires a lot of work by both sides to get along and you know it requires level cool and level heads and same thing applies you know you know globally is you're not going to find this magical secret key that ends and creates this magical idyllic world um the whole purpose of being on earth is to fight each other that's just a reality like look at look at human history what do we do there's one constant it's warfare we're always fighting each other um and nations exist for what reason nations are nothing more than settled warlord states now the warlord is trying to protect his people and his people's economic output and now they're gonna eventually go and try another to take other people's economic output that's like that's it's it's a basic fact of life so you know the thing that you know the, the Russians, kool-aid drinkers and the kumbaya is gonna really love this one but it's just the truth i mean you know the united states and you know combined with our with nato but in particular the united states is the big giant bad guy in the room we have the meanest scariest stuff and we can kill the most amount of people the most efficient way possible but we don't we're the most level-headed people in all of history with the most dangerous weapons i'm putting those two things together because obviously we are not the most level-headed people in all of history the most level-headed people in all of history you'll never read about because nobody nobody wasted the ink to write down how nice and peaceful they were they just got wiped off the face of the earth by another mean and nastier group of people and that's just that's just the reality like and you know you go back to the days of king arthur go back to a lot of the um days long gone uh, oh he was such a great leader and this and everything else he, he may have been great to the guy who was writing the scribe that was writing things down but absolutely when it came to those guys in the forest that were always you know knocking people off yeah, he was pretty much a yeah we're going to get those assholes and we're going to clean we're going to clean house i mean that's just that is the reality of life yeah i mean you know go look and go i'm sure everybody has enjoyed some lovely history over the past 20 years as there's been a revival in the uh history of genghis Khan, or some people call him Genghis, but whatever, I'll call him Genghis because that's what I've heard my entire life. And, you know, there's been a revival in talking about Genghis Khan and all the, the impact of his empire, the Golden Horde and the empire and the empire that uh, developed out of that. Does anybody talk about the kind of given understanding that he killed about one-fifth of the world's population, either directly or indirectly? Mm, Does anybody yeah. talk about all the rape and pillaging and destroying of cities and civilizations and all that stuff? No, nobody but, talks but, about it. But it's just a minute. thing that happened he he's big and special because he did all this cool stuff and that's just the way it is like very few people you know there's just it is what it is and it's the same thing for everything else in history like most people that are worth remembering and writing down yeah they were probably pretty awful people but that's just the way it is yeah but when it comes to rape i mean uh you're they're raping women i mean they're all they're second class citizens and women don't mean anything in the world i mean uh look uh guys can uh, dress up like gals and uh, compete as women and that uh but it's more important to protect the rights of uh, those guys i mean women you know right i mean nobody cares about them yeah that's a that's a whole nother basket of worms i'm not even going to go down yeah let's not do that i'll I'll get in trouble um but you know so the point is it's just it's it's hard power politics and people uh who have an idyllic kind of outlook on life they it's hard for people to you know absorb and take that into the reality that you know what russia's doing right now they they probably have a lot of they have a lot of reasons to do what they're doing you know there's a there's there's a demographics issue that they have to deal with there's we uh, poked a bear let's be honest 
about it, but we've done things. We didn't force them to go out and rape, murder, and take the washers and dryers back with them. No, no, we did not. Um, you know, there's been a handful of incidents in Iraq and Afghan wars where U.S. soldiers did some pretty heinous stuff. Some of it was blown up by the media that was bigger than it was, and then other things, they were they were pretty, pretty shitty, to be honest. But every single one of those we know about, and most of them, uh, those people either were thrown in prison and some of them have been executed. The Russians are giving medals to the people that are doing this stuff. And that's the difference. Like, war is war. Bad bad stuff happens. Yep. It's about how you deal with it. And, you know, when you're giving medals to a group of people that have, you know, as far, the last numbers I've seen in the Bucha area north of Kiev killed, you know, as many as 1,200 people. And you know it wasn't, and you know it was systematic based on the evidence. Yeah, the, 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 the trenches of bodies is just horrid. Yeah, I mean, trenches can be deceiving because obviously, you know, you, you just want to dispose of stuff. I mean, I've seen videos of, of, of Ukrainians disposing of civilian or, you know, b- disposing, burying civilians in shelled areas where they can't do anything other than just dig a trench. But the point is, um, it's the other stuff. It's the kill list that they came in with that they found. Um, it's the uh, the mass murder, um, you know, the base the, the basements with, with people just lined up and executed. They didn't even bother to bury them because it didn't bother, you know, it, they weren't in an area where, you know, they were going to stink up the place and bother them. It's stuff like that. And it's those things that, that make it very obvious as to what was going on. Um, I still can't believe you've got, and I'm going to be political on this one, I still can't believe you've got these Trump thumpers that are still beating the drum. There's not many of them anymore, but they're uh, still beating the drum. It's, that, it's just a it's just a fringe lunatic few. I mean, it's it's with everything. Uh, I mean, I've lost, we lost a, a, a couple of acquaintances. I have one, one individual in Tampa. I won't have anything to do with this person because they're still thumping the, oh, the Ukrainians, they should all die because they're all Nazis and they got not, all the military's Nazi and and you see all the things they've done and they were killing supposed saboteurs. No, that was a that uh, yeah, that's if a real thing. If they didn't deal with that, then they would not have gotten as far as they have now. It's you can't you can't you can't take these people seriously. Like if if people see the situation in Ukraine and they don't have a significant amount of sympathy for people and sympathy for the position that they're in and are not actually proud of these people for what they've actually been able to accomplish. Um, you know, that, that person just has challenged judgment and I just, you know, it is what it is. Some people will always be the contrarian and will always vote for uh, the guy who makes them feel good. And for some reason, people have this uh, power affinity for Putin. Just, you know, it is what it is. Do you remember when, I, I should have probably prompted you for this, but do you remember when we went on vacation? I think we took the motor home. We had the big, the big motor home and we went to uh, Yorktown. Yeah, yeah, I do. You remember the uh, story we heard about Washington and all the verification we did afterwards on that? Oh, yeah, the drawing and quartering of the uh, of the traitors. Yeah. So I'm going to give the story a little bit, but I want you to help me out because your memory might be a little better than mine because I'm such an old, old man. I've been having fun joking with that uh, lately. Anyways, uh, here's the thing. Uh, so in Yorktown, I'm not going to go through all the details. Basically, the British lose, you know, oh, the big battle, but a handful of people got killed. But it was, again, the, the British could have defeated the Americans. They just uh, they just made some dumb moves. We'll just go, we'll go with that. So when they leave, 
leave. Washington says, okay, you surrender, lay down your arms, take your ships, take your, your stuff and go. You're out of here. But what did they do? They required that all of the men that helped them and really facilitated things, they had to stay behind. Now, with that, what did he do? You want to pick it up? Yeah, my understanding is they, you know, did a, as you would call it, a Judge Roy Bean and basically uh, held the trial in the town square and strung them up and drew and quartered them. Now, drawing and quartering is a horrific thing. Do you want to talk a little bit about what drawing and quartering is all about? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's uh, pretty simple. You take a knife and you cut somebody open both ways and let them bleed out right there on the spot. It's a pretty humane way to go in the grand scheme of things. Um, I mean, the stuff I've read about that's going on by Russian intelligence officers who specialize in torturing people. Um, yeah, I'd rather be drawn and quartered than get caught by a Russian right now. So. But it's, you know, think about it. You're, you're, you're strung up. Basically, you're on a crucifix, uh, whether it's a cross or whether it's the, the big old X. And uh, you got your guts hanging out and you can look down and see your guts and you're going to die. So basically, it was military justice and uh, the old phrase, united we stand, divided we fall. What does everybody think about? Oh, well, George Washington, he's the father of our country, our first president. Well, he was not our first president. That's one thing. First president of the union, but we have a whole bunch that everybody forgot about. Nobody knows, for example, the reason why John Hancock's signature is so large on the Declaration of Independence, because he was the president of the Continental Congress. He was our one of our presidents. Um, but the point being is that that's what you do. I mean, you, you establish new law and order, and somebody has to take charge. And that goes back to what you said in the beginning when we started this. Life isn't pretty, and you got to you got to do what you got to do, and somebody has to stand up and say, "I'm in charge. You don't like it? Screw you!" And uh, until we got a better thing, and that's the way it goes. It's always been that way. Yeah, I mean, it's power is uh, the ultimate authority. You know, the British Empire might be big and special and fancy and do all this stuff, but they didn't put up the fight they could have to retain it. And there are lots of economic reasons for why they didn't. But it's funny because if the same thing were to play out today, what what would you have? Well, the revolutionaries would be terrorists, and people that aided the United States government that is on its way out. You know, those people would be in our minds at this point in time, oh, they would be great patriots defending the homeland and, you know, the terrorists would be the ones drawing and quartering them. So it's just a matter of perspective. But Well, you know. the, uh, to the victor uh, goes history. Absolutely. Yeah, I've got a couple other things and we'll get D in here if you don't mind. Um, I want to talk a little bit about um, what's going on with uh, Twitter and social media regulation. I just want to briefly talk about that and then I'd like you to give us some of your opinions because I value your, your opinion very, very much. One of the things, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, one and all, I consider myself a uh, insanely good forecaster. That's what I've done my entire life. And my son here is uh, as good, if not better than me on so many different areas. And uh, we'll talk about where you think uh, the economy is going in the next uh, three or four months. I think we can talk about that uh, safely. But a lot of countries are taking more and more steps to compel social media platforms. What else? Twitter is the big thing. To shield users from material they deem harmful through standards that could affect, uh, well, should Elon Musk buy the uh, company? And um, it's kind of funny. I th Elon Musk wants to, you know, kind of go back to old Twitter and just, you know, let people have free speech. And oh, now we got to start. Now we got to really regulate it. And it's not just, you know, I mean, it's uh, sometimes it just makes me want to go. Really? 
Well, yeah. I mean, the internet has been the Wild West for a long time. And, you know, when you want to properly tax something and you want to properly uh, control something, you start to regulate it. I mean, it just is what it is. Um, I think there's enough uh, capture by big business on uh, social media and, like, internet watering holes and business that, yeah, we're going to start to see regulatory capture. And they're going to build the moats around the big digital businesses. Like, it's just, it's common sense. It's what's going to happen. You know, the days of, uh, you know, the guy in the basement starting up the business and making a whole bunch of money and you know it was a cool internet thing and whatever those are still going to be there but they're going to be muted um you know and they're going to be more expensive you know just is what it is it's it's yeah they're making all these excuses about free speech but it's about you know it's about creating moats around big business now yeah what's the guy who uh was part of uh paypal um he which one uh, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm elon musk peter Thiel. peter peter uh, uh what's the book i've got on my shelf about a dozen others yeah 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 but but peter wrote that book and i don't remember which one it is it's on my my shelf over there where he he's brutally honest and it's like as quickly as you can get yourself to a point where you can build a moat around it no different than what Warren Buffett has always talked about you know you want uh, you want businesses that have not only a wide but a deep moat um yeah it's called zero to one thank you couldn't get that out at least he's honest about it and no, it, he, he has a he has an honest in the most um he has, he has a he has an honest uh brutal capitalist and that is the most easy way to say it. I I respect him I mean I may not agree with with what a lot of things he does but he i you know, value like financing financial and actual like surveillance states yeah i mean that's uh it's awesome let's not go there right now that's another day maybe in about uh, six months we'll talk about that but here's the thing that that i think is important ladies and gentlemen boys and girls every time somebody has the next great widget and everybody wants it guess what they want to do next they want to prevent the next guy from making the widget they want to get like disney and have like i think uh what disney has what a special law that says uh, only they get to protect all of their copyrights for what four million years, and nobody else can no, do. No, yeah. they push back. They, they, you know what I'm going. No, yeah, they, they've been the driving force behind pushing back patents and trademarks and the exclusivity period on that for an entire century, basically, almost. Now it's up, you know, they've, they've increased it so much. I mean, you know, you can invent the next greatest thing and it can solve all these problems and nobody will be able to touch it for three generations. It just stifles growth. I mean, one of the things you want to protect yourself, but there comes a time. Can you imagine if every single drug ever manufactured was never allowed to, it always had to be there. You could not have a generic, you could not have competition you know the guy that originally invented penicillin you know louis louis got a we're still taking louis uh, penicillin yeah it's uh it's a problem i mean I've, I've always had an issue with the patent system and it's extremely long exclusivity periods as somebody who invents and makes things it would be it's nice but you know if it's something of true value it can be then you know like there's this old uh thing you can probably find it on youtube or something now uh, i remember seeing it years ago it's a little like a mini documentary and it's called everything's a remix oh i love and that it was about That's, that is absolutely the one of the most that is one of the absolute best things anybody could ever ever watch everything's a remix and basically it just drives home the point that uh, i think it primarily talks about music and then it expands to other stuff but everything is built on everything else and you know the one there's only one machine in the modern world that built everything and if one guy was able to retain the patent for the lathe or you know and keep it in his estate the entire time the modern world just wouldn't exist because they would have 
licensed it to all the textile mills and textile mills would spend, you know, mountains of money to license and build or, or buy the, the, the super fancy lathes and the world just wouldn't have advanced. Instead, you know, once the lathe was invented, you could make round stock and then you could make anything. It's literally the machine that made machines. Um, but that wouldn't have happened if it hadn't just scattered all over the world. I mean, the same thing goes with the printing press. You know, the idea of the printing press has always been around as far as I can tell in history. There's no one point in time where it was just like, oh, wow, the one guy figured out the printing press. It's just a matter of having all of the pieces all in one place and then assembling them in the right order. And, you know, once the Gutenberg press was put into into force in the right kind of way, then poof. I mean, all within just, what, a decade or two, then all over Europe, there's thousands and thousands of the things. I don't remember how many of those big Gutenberg original Bibles were made. I believe it's like 17 or 18. Yeah, it's not a whole lot. Um, I, as a uh, little boy, uh, we had a substitute teacher. And uh, this is, you cannot make this up. I think I was probably in sixth grade, maybe fifth grade. And it was a big deal. Um, and her father was a, 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 a an important person in the world. And he owned a Gutenberg Bible. That's very cool. The, re- the real deal. And none of us were allowed to touch it. And But she brought it in in a box. There was no security or anything. And Of course not. Yeah. No. And in our class had it. And then other classes came in and looked at it. And most kids didn't know what, what it was. And, but I remember all the teachers going, oh my God, this is unbelievable. But uh, I actually remember it. It was very pretty, meaning that uh, all the pages, uh, you know, you had a lot of gold and colorful printing and it yeah, was, it was old. Very and, yeah. oh, it was really cool. It was really, really cool. Okay, before we get Danielle in here, uh, economics, what do you, uh, g- give us some words of wisdom. We should all run out and buy Peloton stock because uh, everybody's going to go back in lockdown and, uh, and ride bicycles. No. but uh, Tongue in cheek, yeah. people. Tongue yeah, in cheek. tongue in cheek. You know, when everybody's selling it's a good time to buy, but that doesn't mean everything is a good buy. And a good example of that would be Peloton. Um, I, you know, Peloton is not a company that I think anybody has good prospects for. They've kind of over leveraged and overextended themselves. And I think they had a recent executive shakeup. And I don't know. I, you know, as far as that company goes, it's just I would, you know, my uh, my view on it is wait and see. I have no clue as to if that's uh, ever going to come back or they'll just, they, you know, the likelihood is they'll just get absorbed by somebody for a nice cheap price. Um, Let me jump in ladies and gentlemen boys and girls one and all if the product is a fad or the service is based upon a fad you you buy and dump when you make when you strike your price to make a profit get out yeah so you know in general you know are we in correction territory 100 percent. yep pure good old-fashioned bear market we're we're resetting values on things granted a lot of things are very overvalued like nobody's going to tell you otherwise we've talked about this for a while but the problem is is in general um what other safe haven assets are good right now and in general like we're not talking about one specific thing we're talking about you know a diversified set of assets you know international securities are kind of iffy right now international bonds again kind of iffy domestic bonds big big no-no obviously unless we're talking about government government bonds you know obviously are you know lower lower yield and because they're just safer um corporate bonds we've been talking about it for a long long time big 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 mess there over half or over half are, are below investment grade, um, particularly when it comes to corporate uh, uh, yeah, corporate bonds. Um, it's just, you know, the bonds
bonds are getting just washed, as the uh, British would say, because of rising interest rates. Um, yeah, so there's just there's a there's a big shakeup going on, and for the time being, you know, if you have you know you have a significant amount of your portfolio in securities, individual securities or or equivalents, I it's a situation of just wait because they're they are the asset that will appreciate and return back to normal the quickest when you look at you know your traditional situation, um, you know your stocks and bonds. It's just it, it is what it is. I mean, it's just it's a people haven't seen this. A lot of people are you know running around like chickens with their heads cut off. And the reality is, is I think a lot of this is uh, based on my just kind of a perspective. It's it's driven by inflation. I mean, it just it is. People are like to impl- implicate a lot of different factors, but it really comes down to inflation. Things cost more. Everybody's raising prices. People are trying to find ways to spend less, and it's going to cause a shakeup in the economy. Just period. Obviously, we're coming out of COVID, where we had already had a massive shakeup, and lots of companies benefited, and others got totally clobbered. We'll see how that shakes up going forward. I mean, I just see it as a continuation of, of extreme volatility uh, starting in 2020. And it's been very difficult to even try and give a decent p- prediction as to where things are even going to even out, let alone like start to grow again. It just, you know, nobody knows for sure. But the reality is, is if you own good quality companies and you own things that actually make money and, you know, you, you're probably going to be pretty safe going into the future as far as, uh, you know, wherever anything goes. Um, it's just, it's a uh, 12, what 12 14 years of consistent gains in the market uh, could not last forever and now that's where we finally reached that point and what's even funnier about it is it's not a traditional you know, we're, we're not in recession territory yet because people are still spending money and all that stuff but the market is not being propelled by the traditional things it's like i said i mean it's largely driven by supply side inflation which is insane i mean it'd be as if you you know you go back a few few years and you would somehow imagine uh, dumped a tremendous amount of extra money and everybody wants lots more stuff. That's really it. Except we took away supply from our system and now stuff is increasing in price because there's a lot of stuff people just can't do without. I had a whole bunch of people lately who have said to me, and this sounds like I'm patting us on the back, but they've said things like, you know, I really respect the brutal honesty that you guys have. Uh, People who have heard me say things like, how do you invest in something that doesn't make a profit at some point in time? You've got to make a profit. Uh, You can't fake dividends. um, you got to make a you got to make a profit. Well, and that's the irony. In a, in a time like this, you know, people are talking about you know what should they do, and you know, you, it, it's funny because you go you get you get a calamity or a, or a potential one, and what do you look at? Everybody just goes back to basics. Oh, buy something that pays me something. Big shocker, right? Yeah, and you know the thing is that I, I, I listen. I understand there's a lot of you out there who are sucking wind. I get that. Don't get me wrong. But most of you who are sucking wind and crying the blues, you're living a pretty nice lifestyle compared to what a lot of people lived. Now, your your grandfather, my father, was born 1915. Your great-grandfather, uh, or yeah, your great-grandfather, my grandfather on my dad's side was born, what, 1865. So, you know, you think it was a little bit more difficult to get around in 1865? It's kind of like living in Russia today where 70% of the people use an outhouse. They don't have indoor it's toilets. Se- it's not 70%. <laughs> well, come on. 70%, it- 70% have indoor plumbing. Yeah, I like, I like flipping it back and forth. So, but think about that. 70% of the Russian population has indoor plumbing. That means 30% don't, right? Yeah. Somewhere, is, somewhere about there. Yeah. 30 and 70 is still a hundred, right? We don't, we're not over that. Okay. So, yeah. but the people that don't have indoor plumbing, I would say they're living a pretty rough life. I mean, you would, they probably don't agree with you. <laughs> yeah. But my point is, you know, 
mom and dad, you know, you, you never met my mom. Um, she passed away before you were born, uh, but you got to know grandpa and he shared stories about what it was like in World War II. He shared stories what it was like to be able to grow up during the Depression. Yeah. I mean, that's rough. Yeah. And again, I mean, you know, we're, as far as like, you know, the actual, you know, economic things, we're, we're talking platitudes for a reason. But yeah, I mean, it's just, it's not that tough. I mean, you know, obviously some people have got themselves into some situations that are bad. Duh. Um, not everybody is set up for a calamity. Duh. But, and through no fault of their own, some people have extremely bad luck. You got to have compassion for those people. I'm never talking about that. Well, of course, but we're just talking about general platitudes. Um, you know, we're not giving advice and we're not talking in exacts and specifics, but you know, in general, like, you know, it's, it's not the end of the world. Um, it's not, you know, the reality is it goes back to our general philosophy, you know, carry enough cash to get yourself out of a 12 to 18 month, uh, hole and you should be fine. You know, especially if you rely on, you know, and, and particularly market investments. Um, just, it is what it is. Yeah, but I've had so many people have come back to me and say, you know, Paul, I've listened to you for a long time and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And the the advice and the things you talked about, it's making more and more sense. And, you know, I got this guy and I mean, I lost like 50% of my value because he put me in. I'm getting a lot of people are saying, you know what, I I think we need to start using you guys. And that's just all there is to it. Yeah. I mean, it's, again, it's, it goes back to what I said earlier. I mean, during a time of crisis, people then start to look at basics and fundamentals. And a good example of that is people, oh, well, I, I wish I had more, you know, blue chip and more, more, you know, solid companies. Well, yeah. And what's even funnier is in a time of crisis, uh, well, during normal times, nobody pats them, nobody pats themselves on the back or gets all excited uh, for making average or slightly above average returns, right? Nope. No, you're, you're just a normal, you know, any, any, any schmo that can buy an ETF can do that. But during a time of crisis, what happens with companies that pay dividends? You know, you're generally speaking, you're, you're high, higher dividends and blue chip stocks. Those become your your value plays because now everybody wants what you already have right right and exactly so it's just it's, it's thinking the other way you know i, I don't want to is there missed opportunity and things that go crazy and overheat of course it's the same problem i have with crypto is you know yes it's 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 important to call it cryptocurrency because you are literally currency trading the most volatile currencies that have ever existed you know we're talking five and ten percent volatility per day <laughs> on some of the largest most stable assets like it's a joke. Of course, there's money to be made when there's a five and ten percent daily swing. But on the other hand, if you're doing, you know, some uh, daily swing arbitrage because you know it go, it's been going up and down, you know, in this range for you know three months, and you know you're you can making great money, and then what happens? Uh, you have a bunch of uh, calamities, and everything goes sideways, and then Bitcoin goes below thirty thousand, and your entire portfolio is hosed. On the other hand, if you had sold and you're sitting in a, a more stable equivalent or you had or you had totally cashed out which by the way crypto traders don't do to avoid taxes and keep it simple what do they do they trade between other cryptos well when bitcoin goes down generally speaking everything goes down so there's no safe haven so you have some people that have been all in on crypto in a huge way you know they're crypto day traders they're doing all this stuff and they're just wiped out gamestop gamestop yeah did i say stock site gamestop yeah guess what gamestop is still a company oh i understand and that. they still sell things and 
they have brick and mortar stores yep. and there are real people that work there and they have the ability to borrow money because they have real people and a business and assets and they're reinventing themselves. And the GameStop thing created that opportunity for them to pay down debt and borrow money at better rates so that they could reinvent themselves in a dying industry. That is a case of history analysis that one day we need to go through and explain to people because I don't think people like no, really understand it. But my, to, to, to put nail it on the head right there, the where's the company and the people and the assets and the products being produced by cryptocurrency? Don't know. They, they don't exist. And, nope. and, and there's some cryptocurrencies that have actual products that back them. One of them is uh, they're actually using the distributed ledger to, and it's a different type of cryptocurrency. It's uh, There's one that's called Filecoin. It's one of the few cryptocurrencies that has ever made sense to me. File hosting is expensive. It can be, right? Mm-hmm. Um, historically, it's been expensive. It's getting way cheaper. But what do they do? They have a fancy scheme for having a, you know, they have the distributed ledger and it has all this extra stuff added onto it. But basically what it enables you to do is you pay you get paid to host people's files. Oh, and then, <laughs> and then you, you, then the files are basically shared and encrypted. You encrypt them before you upload them. And then they're in chunks. They're spread all around and basically be to use your bandwidth and on your, your computer and to use your storage, you then can host like, I don't know, you know, most people have probably an extra terabyte sitting on like their regular home PC. And you can probably make a few bucks a year by hosting, you know, a couple hundred gigs of, of pieces of random people files all over the world. I'm dying over here because I'm remembering the, the TV show Silicon Valley because yeah. that's literally what they did. That's uh, part of it, but yeah. Well, I mean, come on. I'm just yeah. trying to make it super simple, but yeah. But but it's it's you're you're actually doing something with the technology, right? I mean, that that's the thing that's big to me. Is like, what does it actually do? And for me, it's a huge thing because like, oh, so you're telling me you have millions and billions of computers all over the world that just sit around and waste energy? And no, we're not mining blocks and doing all this stupid stuff that these other cryptocurrencies do that help nobody and do nothing but just help the ledger work for no real reason. Filecoin actually has a real purpose. Right. And, and you're sharing some of your hard drive space and bandwidth with other people in exchange for the Filecoin currency. And you can use that Filecoin currency to pay other people to host your files. So you could have potentially a program that like backs up your computer. And basically you pay nothing to have your entire computer backed up because everybody else is sharing it among each other. So if you have right. a car and you want to be a, you want to make some money on your car and say, your car just sitting around, you can be an Uber driver. It's no different than car sh- uh, ride sharing. You know, like, okay, I go back and forth to Tampa. Who wants to ride that kind of- Yeah, exactly. It's but the simple. difference is, is you know, uh, most people don't really have um, uh, a pay per mile for their internet, right? So, you know, you don't have that. You don't have a fuel issue. And then the other thing is, is um, it does introduce some more wear, especially for some people's computers. But, you know, it, d- it depends on, you know, how much you use and whatever. But the point is, is that, you know, it's, it's something that actually produces a product. Right. So I I haven't, you know, I don't, I don't stay on top of the crypto prices and all that stuff. I just get an alert every now and then when, think when the volatility is outside of eight percent. And for the past week, it's been like every day, which is funny. But I would assume that Filecoin, if it's used, if it's, if it has as wide of adoption as I think it does, and and it's probably increasing, then it's a, it's a piece of technology that, regardless of the success of these other cryptocurrencies, will probably continue to be a thing for decades to come because it's just a logical exchange of, of value for, for a service. Um, but there's definitely lots of crypto projects like that out there where they're just leveraging the 
currency thing to enable other technologies. Um, but your core pieces of the technology are mostly crap. Um, you know, your Bitcoin is the biggest one. Oh, it's it's they then the way everybody deals with it or explains it is they explain, oh, it's like crypto gold. It's like, well, gold is like real. I can hold it. I can go. I have a gold certificate. I can go down and redeem it, and I can hold the physical bar. Where's my physical Bitcoin? Oh yeah, that's not real. It's just it's it's in your mind. Yeah, I hate to say it, but unless what I view a lot of these people who do coaching with that. Anything else? No, I think that's it. Okay, sure so I'm sure we've uh, made enough people uncomfortable or mad. So well, we're gonna make more people angry. Uh, Danielle, uh, she's uh, coming in. I, I sent her message just a second ago. So Danielle's gonna be coming in, and so I'm gonna swap spots with you. Uh, go ahead and uh, just stand here for a minute, and go ahead and transfer out. We'll get Danielle in. Danny was uh, my personal assistant for a long, long time, and then we've moved her over to the law firm. Fantastic human being. She also uh, runs our um, our front desk and uh, reception area as well as uh, virtual and uh, etc. So let's get Danny in here. She's got a couple of great stories uh, I want to share. So we'll be right back after this. Okay, we made a quick swap real uh, real quick, and uh, Danielle is uh, going to share a couple things that uh, we experienced today, and uh, so we'll go back and forth with that. What do you say we get started? You know, Paulie, we never do this. We never bring anybody on to uh, the podcast. We just we just don't do that. And one of the things I did today is I want to ask, uh, well, I'm, I'm going to bring Danielle in. Danielle is, well, she's been with me for 172 years, and I've been working for 475 years, and- uh, yeah, it's uh, one of those things. So she's like our glue. She's called super glue. You know, she's our receptionist virtual. She's the uh, digital receptionist. She does everything, including uh, pots, pans, and uh, and furniture. I mean, she does everything. Bingo. So, Danielle, welcome. Um, you're the first person on the Paul Truesdale podcast. We're going to do a little bit of an interview. And the reason why we're going to do this, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, one and all, is because not only do I love this gal, she's just so fantastic, but she handles people really, really well. And today you've had a couple of real ding-dongs. Yep. So here's what we're going to do. Um, you know we manage money. You know we do the law firm. We get all the different things we do. And people are always talking about how important it is to get the highest payout. And you know how I always argue. And like, that's not such a big deal. But you deal all the time with what? Come on, let's be, just let it all up. Turnups. Turnips. Okay, so carrots. <laughs> carrots is like my favorite movie. Real genius, right? If yeah, oh, it is. It is, is what it is. What it is. So yeah. okay, let's talk a little bit about why it is more important to be concerned about your yard and grass versus anything else. Just go with from it's the very not, beginning. <laughs> it's not. We have a woman that calls in periodically, panicking about nothing. Everything's fine. She just seems to get up in the middle of the night and panic that maybe she doesn't buy enough beach towels when she doesn't go to the beach, like that kind of type. Oh, yeah. So she, she did call uh, fairly recently. I'll get back into last week as soon as I cover this part of the incident that she had where she wanted to just go over her statements and I went over there. I went to her house because she's not housebound. She does drive. However, she tends to get very panicky about going too far. She only goes to the grocery store and she gets gas and that's it. She's a little bit needy. Yeah, yeah. a little. And again, our clients that are coming into us, we don't allow this. Right. But 
promise made is a promise kept. We've right. had her for a long time. She's with the law firm. Her husband passed away and he was like, please make sure you take care of. And so I said, yes. I mean, that's the reality. Absolutely. It's not charity. She no. pays. Okay. She does, but she's, she's doing fine. She's doing better than a lot of people that I know, especially a retired person who lives on a fixed income and has pensions. Yeah, her so husband she, took care of her financially. So she's got pensions, and the, the emphasis is plural. She has multiple pensions, Social Security, uh, multiple private pensions that we put in place for her. In addition, and she has a lot of money in investing. And if you had, a, if you literally and liquidated, she's got a lot of money in cash. Yeah, I mean, if you liquidated everything, it'd be what seven fifty, maybe close to a million dollars. Oh, that, that's and the then reality. if you sold her house, maybe a little bit more. Yeah. So this is a millionaire who has more money than most people working would ever make in a lifetime. All right, fair enough. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Go ahead and continue because I love this thing. So I went to her home. Uh, we immediately looked into her statements and she's going on how the company changed names. And, you know, that does happen sometimes with investment companies. They'll purchase different companies or they might, you know, change directions on their logos and their names. And that just kind of bothered her. And she kind of borderline obsessed over that for a little bit. And then immediately went into receiving with her statements, voting proxies, right? So, which is common. Right. So ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, one and all, when we manage money, it's all individual securities and everybody has fractional shares, yada, yada, yada. And unfortunately, our proxy provider, or again, who we vote through, I vote all proxies. We, they changed. And so now the clients are starting to get this and we've stopped it because that's what I do. I have that authority. But for a while, they've been getting these, these proxies. Okay. Right. So go ahead. She was under the impression that she would have to drive to a voting precinct and fill out paperwork to actually cast a vote. And she said that gas is too high for that. And I explained to her that she didn't have to worry about that. And if she gets them in the mail or she continues to until they are stopped, she can just discard them. During that time, the accountant knocked on the door because he came to pick up her taxes. We use an accountant, um, very nice person. He will make house calls and pick up your returns and taxes. And so he popped in, sat and, down. And I'm going to interrupt. This is a gentleman. You should always know that we, I used to own a tax firm. Okay. I had a tax practice years ago. I've never practiced. I've never done it. I had enough money. We had a tax practice. It really wasn't what I wanted to do. It was just one more thing it was a pain rearing. And so we, I found this gentleman. He is the salt of the earth. He's just really calm, right? I mean, yeah, he's great. He's wonderful. He's shaggy dog. He's he, really good at what he does. Yeah. And he's very reasonable. And oh, he he's did, very yes. accommodating. Extremely. Extremely reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So one of the things I have is we have people that get older and we understand that. Okay. Because I'm an old man. Look at that gray hair. I'm, a, I'm an old man. And the bottom line is we had to find somebody who would understand the aging process. Right. And so he does. And yes. so he comes to the door. Knock, knock, knock. She lets him in. Oh, hi. How are you doing? Oh, look who's here. Oh, hi. You know, whatever. Get over the whole introduction. Oh, how you been? So he opens his files and he shows her a couple things about what she's got, her 1099s and all that. And she cuts him off and she just starts to obsess on over her lawn and, and the lawn care company. And she just goes into like a 25 minute rant about her lawn and, and how 
the weed cutter didn't show up and how much she pays for this one. And oh no, what am I going to do? My lawn looks terrible. My bushes are all grown out. Meanwhile, to me, they look pristine and perfect. But for some reason to her and up to her standards, they weren't. She just went on and on and on. She went on so long and she got so manic during this discussion that the tax preparer actually had to cut her off and excuse himself because he had to go. And he flashed me a look like, oh boy, you know, like one of those looks like, she's nuts. I'm sorry to do this to you, but I got to go. And he left. And she continued that for the rest of the time that I was there. And then I eventually was like, well, I've got to get going myself. So if you have any other questions regarding, you know, your investments or the statements, I really do need to get back. And oh, thank you so much. I'll call you if I have any questions. And and then that was that time. Now, fast forward about maybe two or three weeks later, she called and said that her air conditioner broke and she had the AC company that she's always used. She didn't tell me who it was, but she did tell me what type of uh, equipment it was, kind of in a machine it was and all that and how much she was quoted. And, you know, again, ranted on, obsessed, couldn't get a word in. She just, you know, just went on and on and on. So every single time, something is always, it's the worst things in the world. It's just the chicken little, chicken little, chicken little, the sky is falling. And one of the things all of you should know when you get older, people that get older do weird things, can't explain it. Like, I don't want to tell you who my air conditioner guy is because I just, I, that's very, I, I don't know. I just, I'm afraid. Bingo. I'm afraid to talk to you about that. Huh? Like what? Well, that's, yeah, that's actually gets normal after a that's while. That's why I did not want to recommend her or refer anybody to her because I could see, oh, the person or the company you told me to call, they, they're they too high. And then, you know, it falls back on you. So I let and her And we just, have a great company in Ocala that we yeah. use for the office here. And so literally we're saying to you guys, we didn't refer to you because we didn't want to give you that grief. It's right. not worth it. Right. So she just went on and on. I let her do it until I could finally, you know, work my way in to say anything I finally got out of the whole conversation, which was basically just her talking to herself. I could have put the phone down and made a pot of coffee and she still wouldn't even have noticed I left or put the phone down. Um, She told me that she needed to pull some money out of her investment to fix the AC. And I said, well, we can help you with that. How much do you need? Said that she wants about, you know, 10K out of her investment and if, if she has uh, an ACH, like, you know, that she could have it directly deposited into her bank account, that'd be great. But if not, whatever needs to be done and in the fastest manner, because they would be back next week. So just so you know, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, one and all, we're not a bank. No. And, but we can do things quickly if you set up what's known as an ACH. That's where you have the money can go right from the brokerage account straight into your bank account. But years ago, oh, no, 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 no. I don't want to do that. That's very scary. That concerns me. So She didn't want to. Yeah. Refused. Refused. I, she wants the check so she can get in her car. God, yep. God bless all the drivers on the road and drive to the bank. Yep. And make that deposit. And you know when she gets to the teller. She probably doesn't even go through the drive-thru. She probably has to walk it in. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. You, and you Stand at the counter I and wonder, make it a whole ordeal. Well, if it was our bank, you know what we would do, don't you? At least what I would do. I would say we hire a security guard when she's walking in the door, lock the door. Right. You see her coming. Or just get a cut out of a teller and just slide it up there because she'll talk until the cardboard melts. Okay. So she she needs $10,000. Yep. Uh, I said, we can handle that. When will it happen? I said, I can't promise you a date 
on when this check will arrive or if you do have online, you know, ACH direct deposit, I can't I cannot give you any time because you're calling at 4:30 in the afternoon on a Friday. You know, the market closes at 4. So just so everybody knows, Danielle does not have trading authority. She can't look at the accounts. Even though we share receptionists, we share staff, we share office space. We I do all, not have access to no, her accounts. We don't do that. We're, we're, I'm very methodical. The people that have access to the accounts have access for view only and only myself. And if it's not me, then I authorize one person. It's literally like the president of the United States. I have it, and then I direct people for it. So it's very methodical. It has to do with security. Right. So when I'm traveling, I have one person who has security access. It's just, it's the way we do it. Okay, so with that. So I told her all of that as much as I could get out of that and say it to her, <laughs> which was a struggle. And she went on again about her woes and her struggles, and she lives on a tight income. And then she went into the lawn again and... Yeah. It's the lawn. The, oh, no. And then, I mean, she did it again for like 30 minutes. Eventually, I was able to hang up. I don't know how I did it. I don't know how I, I don't know how that happened. It's like it all was like a blur. <laughs> and that was it. Now, fast forward to next week. Uh, she calls actually today and says that she did not get it and how disappointing it was. And what is she going to do? because the AC company is holding her check for her until she can have the funds to clear it. Oh my God, you mean to tell me that they are holding on to the funds? What kind of nonsense is this? Yeah, because really. Who would do that? Oh my goodness. I wouldn't. <laughs> but wait, but wait. What does it always tell people you need to have? A lot of what? Cash. Cash. Because we don't make a thing called assets under management. We charge a fixed cost. So... We don't, I mean, I, I do, I tell people what I do. You got to have a lot of cash when the market goes down, like it's going down right now. Great time to buy. Buy low, sell high, right? Yeah. And if you need to make a purchase, such as, re, especially for retirees, you got a roof, you got AC, you got all sorts of things. You know, you've been in your retirement home for 20 years. Guess what's going to break? Your refrigerator, your water, all that kind of stuff, right? Correct. Remember Pat and Fran, they were talking about, they had a, a beautiful, um, let me think about it. They had a uh, microwave. It's perfect. It's like a mid-century kind of, but yeah, finally died. crapped out. Finally yeah. crapped out. So they get it. But the problem with retirees, a lot of you guys, you live physically, but mentally it starts to go. So right. this what's going on. That doesn't mean that she's incompetent. She's no. not incompetent. It means I the birds are beginning to I will say for her age, she is very sharp, you know, especially for somebody living alone. She is emotionally incompetent, if I had to say Anything. And, she, and she's always been that way. Yeah. Mentally, she's fine. I don't think she's got any kind of nope. cognitive issues, but just but emotionally, she's always been very uh, sensitive and paranoid. And it's been that way since I started and, and I've gotten to know her. And see, I've been doing this business for 36 years. And I can tell you absolutely unequivocally, beyond exclusion of every reasonable doubt, people who seem to have a little bit of ADD, this seems to be something that manifests itself as they get older. So... If you want to know what you're going to be like when you're older, if you are like a fart in a frying pan right now, you're going to be a fart in a frying pan later on in, a, in dumb things like um, a branch that has grown further than it should and the guy didn't trim the branches just right and you're just freaked out. You want to call him back, but he doesn't want to come back. He'll come back next week, but you, don't, you can't take a scissors and clip it yourself. I, that's right. We had that, right. right? I mean, that's a real thing. I didn't make that up. 
Right. No, you you did not. We had to go and visit the bush. And yes. Tell- the encroachment and the overgrownness and touching the house and did we ever get paid for using the scissors and cutting the branch no yeah it was a twig yeah, yeah. okay so continue <laughs> on <laughs> can't make this well, up guys. she said she was very disappointed she needed the money she could see if the ac will wait another week until the check arrives and then said she also had to go to the dentist because she has a tooth that is killing her it's so sore and she made the appointment for the dentist on monday and she's going to have to put that off so I asked her, I said, what, what do you have as far as cash? Do you not have this to clear just in case? Well, I have like $50,000. Bingo. I said, well, between the AC and, and, and the dentist, you're looking at maybe 15000 Bingo. And she just said, just argued with me and said, no, you don't understand. And went into... I live on a fixed income and my lawn's a mess. And she did it all over again. (laughs) The lawn, the lawn is everything. It was so upsetting to her. So I kind of stepped back a little bit and I don't want her to get upset at me. I'm not attacking her. I just want her to understand that she needs to calm down and think about what it is that she's trying to do and what she's saying. She can avoid all of this. You know, she's thirsty and she's, she has a glass, an empty glass in her hand next to a spigot with a knob. And all she's got to do is turn the water on and fill up her glass and drink it. But for some reason, she just can't do it. And I, I don't know why. It's this weird mental block. You know, I wanted you to share that with everybody because the thing is that everybody talks about things, in my opinion, on the investment side of the world is that it's just not important. And these, this is the real world. And for those of you who think that I'm a, a mean, rotten guy, or for those who say you should have done more, you have no idea how much we do, uh, how much Colleen does, how much Danielle does. Uh, D- Danny here just does so much for our clients, uh, visiting and making sure everything is done right, the things that I do. Um, but we have another case it came in today. I'd like to start with a list of people I can do without. <laughs> A proctologist with poor depth perception. (laughs) Any woman whose hobby is breastfeeding zoo animals. A cross-eyed nun with a bullwhip and a bottle of gin. A waitress with a visible infection on her serving hand. And any man whose arm hair completely covers his wristwatch. (laughs) Okay, that's enough of that. So one of the things I can do without are people who want to blame me for their their problems in life. And we have people on a constant basis. And I, I do mean this. You know, you, you do this for the number of decades I've done it. Like, well, I think you should have been able to predict that the Russians were going to invade Ukraine and we wouldn't have lost money. Like, are you high? Pay- you know what, though? They are boomers. They are. They <laughs> That may explain a lot of it, this nonsense. It, it, it might just well be one of the worst generations. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. So, so we're saying that because she knows I'm a boomer and I'm embarrassed by my generation on a constant basis. If you're a boomer and you're embarrassed by the way your 
peers have behaved, join me. Just give me a call at 212-433-2525 and say, hey, Paulie, I'm embarrassed too. I want to join you. So we got a guy, we got a gal without any names and kind of being loosey-goosey, but right. feel free to talk about the lack of communications, whole nines. You're a saint. What, what happened today? Folks, this happens every day in the office. Go, your turn. You have a set of clients that have worked with you for a long time, both on both sides of the house, law firm and, and the investment side. Yep. And I remember when I first started in 2013, this couple scheduled an appointment to see you because they weren't, they, they were happy with their products. However, they just felt that, you know, maybe they just need to talk to you about a few things. Maybe they were confused about how it worked. Maybe they would want additional advice from you. Whatever the case may be. Okay, so just so we are real clear about this, the gentleman was developing a cognitive impairment. He had been diagnosed as having the early onset stages of Alzheimer's, and they wanted to talk about what they could do to protect their assets. And you have to understand, between all of us, but especially between Kelly and I, we're asset protection specialists. We, we don't do Medicaid planning. Our clients are not broke. Our clients tend to have a lot of money. And so I made a, a lot of series of suggestions. This is what you need to do. And in the appointment, the wife was deferring to the husband, who's cognitively challenged. Correct. Who is sitting there, and I'm, I'm literally eyes open, mouth kind of hanging open. That's one of those telltale signs in their mouth. They can't close their mouth, by right. the way. It's a telltale sign. When, when you get an elderly person who's uh, mouth breathing, that's a telltale sign. Don't know why it is. It just is what it is. Same thing with they can't keep their tongue on the roof. It, it has to do with, it's the brain. God created some funny things, and that's that's all I can say. Bingo. So here's the thing. She's deferring to him to make a decision. Correct, during this appointment. They drove in. He was driving. The guy with cognitive impairments driving, she was giving him directions when to turn and everything else. Right. You can't make this stuff up, ladies and no. gentlemen. You cannot make this stuff up. So it's a little scary to have them in the office. I'm afraid that they're going to come through the wall and I'm going to have, you know, a lot of damage, but he backs out and leaves. But I told him what to do. Now. Well, well what they had was performing perfectly. Yep. yep. And, and, and the little information that they thought that they knew and they wanted to bring to light with you just wasn't applicable. It wasn't, it, it was comparing apples to oranges or apples to broccoli. Yeah, it was Basically. more along the lines that they, they were more concerned about IRA distributions or income distributions, or they were concerned about something. I don't know what it was. It was something minor. Right. And I was saying the bigger picture here is your husband is being diagnosed as cognitively challenged and you, your entire life have deferred to him to do all, take care of all the, the finances and, and the accounting and everything. Right. We need to set this thing up. So it's a little bit on auto mode. Have you talked to the kids? No, 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 that, but we're handling it. We're fine. And then I said, you know, you, you need to make some basic fundamental changes in the way we've done things because your situation changed. Not trying to sell you. It means things have changed. And also some other items to pay attention to for later. Right. Things that they should be aware of and concerned with at a certain time. Like, for example, when you have an IRA, at a, think, what, what is it, 72? You have to take out required. Yeah, it used to be 70 and a half, now 72. And I always try to say... Get that thing set up automatically so that you don't wind up having problems. Right. It's just, it's a big deal. But it, this amazing number of people that don't want that. No, I want to be able to talk to you and call you and do all that kind of stuff. Okay, yeah, whatever. Right. So. And then that was it during that time. We have not heard from them in 10 years, 10, 11 years, something, and, something like that. And the law firm always sends a birthday card out. Uh, newsletters. 
we send newsletters out. Uh, the law firm is, last name is Truesdale. Right. My name is Truesdale. So, I mean, mm-hmm. it's not like they don't know who we are, right? Correct. So instead And they of, were just in fairly recently for her to sign a new durable power of attorney. And, so, and they decided during that, when they had the law change in 2012, they decided to take advantage of also modifying or amending their other personal documents. Right. Now, one of the things that we talked about is there were other recommendations made that they should consider, and they said same thing. We don't want to do that. Right. So right. also remember... You know, when you're doing asset protection planning, when you're doing elder law, when you're doing uh, estate planning, this is what we all went to school for. Though, you know, we've got a hell of a lot of experience, many, 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 many decades of experience doing this. 20,000 clients that we've done this for over the years. We get it. But what you can't do is you can't kick the horse in the kahunas and make the horse drink or camel or bull or anything else. Right. right. Can't do it. Okay, so continue. Today we receive a phone call. From their son. Their son had let us know that dad's been in a skilled nursing facility. I don't know for how long. I don't know if he's living there or if he's just receiving rehab or just doing therapy. See my, my surprise face. Exactly. Totally shocked. Right. Naturally, they are looking into making sure that if he does need to stay there permanently, it's expensive. That moment would make anybody want to evaluate your financial situation to make sure that they could stay there and you could afford to, to live there because it could go anywhere from two to $300 a day. Oh, easy. Very. <laughs> mm-hmm. So son calls and son, son calls makes and an accusation or makes a complaint about. Correct. So he gets through a couple things and then says that uh, Mr. Truesdale drafted a long-term care policy. I need the information on it. I need the phone number. He told me that he pulled out one sheet of paper out of 500 sheets of paper on his mother's kitchen table that showed the long-term care, uh, not a policy, but just maybe a sheet, like page one of something that God knows where the rest is. Okay. Okay. I need to know what's going on with that. I also need to know what is going on with my parents' estate documents because I don't know if they have an irrevocable trust or a revocable trust. Also, as I'm going through their stacks of papers, I notice that they have quite a few investments that Mr. Trustel, uh, you know, got them uh, assisted with and, 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 you know, I, I don't know exactly what everything is. I'm just looking at my mom's table. And so if you could just, you know, maybe talk to Mr. Truesdale, Mrs. Truesdale and give me a call back. I'd really appreciate it. So, you know, I kind of talked to the both of you and I found out that you did not draft a long-term care policy for them. You didn't assist them with that during that time. So one of the things I asked Danielle, she gave me the name of the company and I went, I've never used that company. Correct. Uh, I know who that company is, and if we ever did, it would have been... With another company that you uh, used. I mean, long ago. And so, and what you also need to understand for for reference, and and I want to finish this, okay? So, we're at that point where all the different investments, but how many times have we gone into... Now, I don't do this anymore, and and you're just a saint. But you and Colleen and others at the firm here, you go into a person's home where they've named Colleen as a successor trustee. And when, you know, a lot of times we've had people that have fallen in their house, 
they don't have life alert. They don't have all those things and they've, they've, they've been injured. Right. And I mean, I've had people say, I can't believe that Margaret fell and you didn't know. We don't see Margaret every day or every hour, but we tell them to get all these things and whether they do or don't, you know, you can't force it. You cannot. But how many times have you gone in and found paperwork stuck in the back of a Bible or in the World Book Encyclopedia or policies that are in a freezer? Or policies that are stapled together with different bills and invoices and and repair bills and birthday cards. Well, we have an estate right now. The gentleman's in, a, in an independent living facility. He's He's out of it. But didn't you just, I just found out that you guys have got a whole bunch of money coming in from another brokerage firm that nobody knew they had. And it it just. Absolutely. He received letters that basically stated that he needed to do something by a certain date or else the policy will not be, I guess. uh, It was a brokerage account and it was individual, individual stocks and they were doing some kind of a transfer. Companies do mergers and acquisitions all the time and they needed to get some paperwork. And they needed a response from him and he didn't. He just let it go. And so what some of these companies wind up doing is they, they orphan these accounts and sometimes they stop mailing. Uh, we've had experiences where they will literally create an email for somebody so they don't have to, we've seen it. And they don't have to eat, they don't have to send paperwork into them. They create a fake email. I'm sure regulators know about that. At least I sure hope they do. Right. And, you know, is, but here's the situation. He's okay financially, but what are we talking about? Another $100,000? You don't want to miss that. That's a significant amount of money. Now, you know, there's going to be people out here say, $100,000? You can't, I, I would never misplace a hundred thousand dollars. Well, you're not physically, mentally, and emotionally challenged like some of these people are. When you get to be in your mid nineties, and you know, I mean, uh, even a cell phone is a is a challenge to you. So right. let's go back. So well, back to this person. I explained to Attorney Truesdell what he was wanting to do for his mom, and other than her making updates to their estate documents, there's nothing else that she can do because he was almost insinuating maybe she could, you know, help them get his dad qualified for Medicaid. If he doesn't have a long-term care policy, obviously they have way too much money. They are way above the threshold for that kind of qualifying, you know, but you should understand there are a boatload of attorneys will do a lot of questionable things right. to get people qualified. Absolutely. You want to know why the country is going broke. This is another one of those reasons where people don't pay their fair share and they're, they're, and we're not participating in fraudulent activity. No, Absolutely we, not. And, and that's not what we do. We, we, we're not a Medicaid. We don't do that. I mean, we work with people with money and people that actually have a long-term time horizon. We don't work with nilly-nallies and all that kind of stuff. Um, it's a mindset. We, we judge our, our clients based upon a mindset. If, you got a, if, you're, if you're a good person, we take you. If you're a horse's ass, we're not taking you. Right. At least in my area, on, on right. the investments, we're just not doing it. So... If he has a long-term care, if you have a long-term care policy and you've been diagnosed as having a cognitive impairment, the immediate advice would be contact the insurance company. Absolutely, and start a claim. Start You start a claim because you want to get the waiting period. Over with. The elimination period and all that out of the way so that you could start collecting the money to pay for your care. And you'd be surprised the number of people like, no, I, I don't want to do that because... Even though they have the policy, even though they have the policy, they're afraid to make the claim because it's now formal recognition that they have a problem. 
Yeah, you can't make that but up. But you've been paying for it. You've been paying like high premiums to use Bingo. it eventually. Yep. I just it seems like such a waste. It it, it really is. It's uh that's what kind of nonsense is this? Yeah. What was that again? What kind of nonsense is this? It, it's real though. It is. Yeah. After I got through that, he said that, well, let, let's let, let's talk now. He's more focused on the money. Well, let, 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 let's just let's talk about this. You know, as I'm going through all this paperwork, I know it's that. You know, my parents have a couple of different insurance policies and this, and, and, and Paul drafted them and he drew them up for them. And, and you know, I, I, I'm like, I don't even know what these are. You know, I mean, like Paul, Paul probably has everything. He has the originals of these and, and, you know, he didn't really maintain them. And, and, and my parents received a letter, a couple letters that they need to, you know, make withdrawals for their required minimum distributions on their IRAs. And I, I mean, that was like 10 years ago that they should have done that. I said, let me just make two things very clear, okay? I understand that this is a lot with you going through your mother's paperwork, your parents' paperwork, you're helping your mom out. I understand that, you know, your dad's cognitively challenged now and your mother's probably feeling a little lost and out of sorts with all this. But it is the client's responsibility when there's any taxable event in their account that they need to pay attention to or they need to do anything with. You can't force, meaning Mr. Truesdale cannot force your parents to do anything. He can advise them. He What Daniel is saying, by the way, just a quick clarification, it sounds as though they have some IRAs and they Correct. may not have been taking money out. Right. And if you don't take enough money out and the, there's a penalty, and the penalty is 50% penalty. So right. they could be looking at a hellacious tax bill. Oh, yeah. Now, What's also important to always remember, never forget, is that there are companies out there, they do mergers and acquisitions, et cetera. There are companies where they might have a fantastic product, um, and we use it for the period of time that that's offered. I have a very good knack because I can read things very quickly. It has happened on more than one occasion. I mean, you've been here, I like, holy cow, this company is giving away the... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, they're never going to make... No. But... You take advantage of it, okay? Right. I, I work for Absolutely. my clients, right? I don't work for the company. I work for the client. So right. I have lots of people we've used in the past, but I don't have access to that. The client has access. And everybody's all concerned about uh, identity theft. You you can't just access these. I don't know why people think, you know, well, you, my mom and dad opened an account with Bank of America, and the teller was Susie Q. Absolutely. Now, Susie Q is now with... Sun Trust. I mean, I can't believe she doesn't have access. Well, Susie Q isn't with Sun Trust. Sun Trust is now called Truist, and she went on to uh, uh, Spiggity Spoo. Well, I'm going to sue Susie Q for not keeping up with my stuff. Susie Q doesn't have access to your stuff. She's not responsible for your stuff. <laughs> not you are responsible. Good point. She's not responsible. So basically, that's where the conversation went to trying to place the blame, semi-place the blame on you. I'm not saying that he was accusatory or, you know, Paul needs to... Uh. Well, they're under stress. I mean, I right. get that. You know, I, those kinds of comments in the past would just, I would just get infuriated. I'd the hell with you, you... And I would never say that to him, but just afterwards. Now I just, eh, whatever. They're, they're just stressed. I, right. I, I get that. And how many people have you dealt with lately who are taking over their parents' estates that are just dumber than a sack of rocks? Oh, it's, it's, it's a lot. It's, Every it's, year it gets worse, yeah. doesn't it? It does. Yeah. So I, I, I switched the conversation to st basically telling him, you know, since he's there with his mom and she's stressed out, 
why don't you make a list of all of her investments and where they have money, whatever companies they have money, their money with, and make phone calls to see how their accounts are performing, what kind of an account it is, how much money is in there, and if there's anything they need to do. And I said that you, it's good that your mom's there because they're not going to talk to you. A lot of these companies are really strict on their privacy policies. They're not going to tell him anything unless he has some sort of a power of attorney to, and, and, and he does not. So have your mom sit there, let her well, go. So their documents have somebody, another child on, right? I think so. Yeah. So this is another problem yeah. we have all the time. You get somebody that comes in and the parents will name Bob, but Bob's too busy. Bob's running his ice cream stand and he's a franchise and he's just hauling butt. I mean, he's busy. But Sally's always there for them. And Sally's there. But yeah, Sally, you know, mom and dad still view Sally as, you know, 13, 12, 16. Right. And she dated that guy she shouldn't have dated. And they're still... Right. They well, just don't take her seriously. Yeah. And I mean, that's just everything because, you know what? She started riding a motorcycle and got right. a tattoo. Oh my oh, God. No. I can't do that. She couldn't possibly handle anything for yeah. us. Yeah. Oh, unbelievable. But Sally's there. She's loyal. She's there. And Sally needs Johnny on the spot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But Bob, he, he, Bob doesn't really like mom and dad anyways, but, no. but, but he's, but he's done really well, you know, but because, you know, he's done well for himself and, and, you know, he's got money and he can handle his money. We're being flippant on this because we deal with this every single every day, day. every single day. And, and, and I, you know, one of the things that I will say in formal appointments, you know, we don't, we're not sarcastic like this. No. D, D and I are, we are, uh, not only do we share a birthday, a thousand years difference, but uh, uh, we, we share a sarcastic sense of humor. Right. I think that's how we get through life, isn't I it? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, but you know, you got to, you got to laugh at these things. You do. But yeah. And but I ended the conversation with a, you know what, you're right. I, I wish my parents would have listened to Mr. Truesdell's advice years ago because they probably wouldn't be where they are right now. Yeah. They would have been more organized and we would know what they have. Getting my dad qualified would have been a lot easier. Yep. So I said, just make your phone calls, be organized, and then you know what, where everything is, what it is, and if you need to do anything with them. So I guess we'll wrap up with this. You know, here's the thing. You, you can't force somebody to do something. Um, you just can't. That's when the courts get involved and guardianship is involved and, right. and all of that. Uh, but it's not our place to do that. People misconstrue what authorities people have. And if you don't know somebody is challenged, you, you, there's nothing you can do about it. I mean, there's just there's lots of people who are, die home alone and they're dead for a long time before anybody finds them. Yes. Generally, that's their own choosing because that's the lifestyle they live. And I will tell you that uh, this lady here, Dee, does a fantastic fantastic job with her group, uh, her team of following the checklist, going through very methodically. And when it comes to finding assets, mainly by looking for paperwork under carpet, under, <laughs> I mean, do you, do you remember the one guy where the attic was filled and he had some of his paperwork up in an attic? Yes. I just really, it was in a Christmas tree box. Remember that? The one woman had her taxes from the 60s in the garage <laughs> in rusty filing cabinets. Oh, I don't I remember that. <laughs> Found some nudie pictures too at times. Oh, yeah. Yep. Listen, yep. When you, as you get older, get rid of all those <laughs> things because if you're going to name us on uh, documents, we don't want to see we're what you're no, doing. We're naked tired of seeing your naked ass. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, it's like, okay, that's, uh, yep. that, okay, right. in the shredder we go. <laughs> I wonder if the kids want this one. I don't think so. Should we give that to them? <laughs> it's not part of Schedule C, but I don't know. <laughs> uh, the real life role of state planning. D, we appreciate you. Thanks for coming on. And uh, this me. is, uh, oh, she's great. This is fantastic. We'll do a little bit more of that. You want to come back? Yeah, well, I'll come back. Okay, we're out of here. See you guys a little bit later. See you. The Paul Truesdell Podcast is sponsored in part by Fixed Cost Financial, a registered investment advisor. Fixed Cost Financial, where investing is done right. Visit FixedCostFinancial.com, that's FixedCostFinancial.com. The Paul Truesdell Podcast is also sponsored in part by Lidai Today. Intelligently protecting your most precious assets. Visit Lidai.today, that's Lidai.today, you'll be glad you did. The Paul Truesdell Podcast is also sponsored in part by the estate planning, elder law, and asset protection planning law firm of attorney Kelly and Truesdell. Visit truesdell.net, that's truesdell.net for more information. The Paul Truesdell Podcast website is paultruesdell.com, that's paultruesdell.com.